New Year's Eve night, my last hurrah, is a Christmas cookie, cheese, and bread-filled orgy supplemented with champagne. When I wake up, I am seven pounds heavier than when I went to sleep. Now, I know I did not eat seven actual pounds of cookies. Not that I couldn't. It's just that I'm pretty sure my arm would have gotten too tired bringing all seven pounds to my mouth. (laughs) Hello and welcome. I'm Jen Lancaster, and this is the story we tell in bars podcast. Our opening shot was a blurb from my memoir stories I'd tell in bars detailing the carbohydrate-fueled shitstorm that was my holiday diet in 2016. And uh, spoiler alert... History has repeated itself, but before I get into that, I would like to say hey to DJ Lee Farmer. He's providing our music and making us sound good. I would also like to introduce my better half, Gina B. Wait, does that make us sound like we're in a domestic partnership? (laughs) Hello, beautiful people, and thank you for tuning in to our podcast here at Stories We Tell in Bars, which is definitely not about our domestic partnership. Listen, I, I could do worse. I think you could do better, but I could definitely do worse. <laughs> hey, Fletch is pretty awesome. I'm not sure if you could do worse. Okay, okay. Or you could do better. I don't know. Whatever. I think we're with the partners that we're supposed to be with. I like that. Okay, so why don't we tell new listeners what our show is about, in case you uh, you are here for season two, okay. which is really no different than season one. It's just <laughs> We're just calling it season two sort of arbitrarily. Right, it's, it's, it's season two with some, yeah with the twist. I'm not sure what the twist is, but well, like our, Black Mirror, you can listen to anyone individually. You sure can and have a complete experience. Um, our topics here though, it's stories we tell in bars range from life to liberty, but mostly pertain to our very own special pursuit of bullshit. So, so what you're telling me is that these are the kind of stories we'd tell if we were out drinking. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And as it's the new year, I'd like to welcome to those who are always, well, always, hopefully you're always, joining us here for our second season. Thanks to everyone who's been listening to us, whether it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Podbean, or iHeartRadio. So Jen, it sounds like you had an interesting holiday. If by interesting you mean fat, then yes. <laughs> like, I knew that I was really going to dive into the fitness challenge come January, so I lived it up. It was like no man left behind, only for cookies. Now, Gina, how did you fare with your diet? Wasn't your goal not to gain? Because you look good. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, my goal was not to gain, and I, I didn't gain, fortunately. Okay. I fluctuated about two pounds, so one day I would be two pounds heavier, and then the next day I'd have gotten rid of it, and then I think I somehow landed in the middle. It's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm not upset. Um, but the good news for those who fell off the wagon is that everything is fixable. Mm-hmm. We can work on this, and we can hold each other accountable for being healthier if that's what you want. But no pressure on you. You can do you, boo. Right. So. Right. See, my feeling is that until you need the jaws of life <laughs> to get you out of your house, your lifestyle is fixable. And yeah. even then, it's fixable. If you are alive, it is fixable. And I know this because I watch my 600-pound life. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, at your coaxing. Yeah, you know what? It. it makes me feel a lot better about myself and my choices. So even if you spent all of New Year's Day watching a Black Mirror marathon. They are not a sponsor. I've just been really happy with them. Even if you've done that all day and you ate half a coconut cake, it's fixable. That sounds, first of all, really good. And that also sounds like an extremely specific example. Did someone do that? That is an extraordinarily specific (laughs) example because I had planned to to get my healthy start on January 1st, but I had a sinus infection and I went to bed early on New Year's Eve and, oh, 
was I crabby, by the way. So I didn't have any of the champagne or the cheese or the like the fried snack bonanza that were on our agenda. Fletch did it without me, and that also made me mad. I don't know why he was supposed to suffer, but he should have. <laughs> right. For you. I mean, also, it's like the whole thing is we are not big going out on New Year's Eve because I don't want to be a soft target. So... Like the, our big celebration is the is the food orgy, but it didn't happen because I was sick. So I felt like I deserved a last hurrah on New Year's Day, which was me and 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 a coconut cake. We were intimate. That's okay. You got it in <laughs> before the first day of the year technically was over. So I, I think that counts. You're good. You just start a day later. It's now, okay. Do you start like when you do healthy things on New Year's Day, or are you are more of a, like a, a January second girl? Well, okay, I try to at least hit the first week of January because it depends on when January 1st falls. If January It's 1st, always on the 1st. Well, okay. <laughs> what day of the week, smart ass, <laughs> January 1st falls on. I'm also not a fan of going into the gym with everybody who's oh, rushing in there on January yeah. 1st because that's super annoying. Well, because it's all the amateurs who were at the bar the night before that I like to avoid. Absolutely. We were at a party that Lee actually threw nice. um, at a restaurant. And it's funny because the restaurant's called Pork Chop, which is funny because, <laughs> yes, because neither one of us eats pork chops. Um, neither one of us eats red meat. Uh, so, but it was a fun party. I think that my blood type was probably JD, which is Jack Daniels. By the Oof. time I got home, I was pretty well saturated. My blood type was NyQuil. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm not sure which I prefer because both of them <laughs> make you a little drowsy. But... I, the next day, I just was hungover, and I'm not usually hungover. I think I think the reason why I was hungover was because I, I mixed Jack Daniels and Maker's Mark. They ran out of Jack Daniels, so I don't know why, um, at the bar. <laughs> I think I drank them out. And um, they they like, oh, well, what else would you like? And naturally, I go for Maker's, which has a higher sugar content, which is why I think I have Is Jack Daniels bourbon? I don't even know, because I just don't even like the smell of it's it. It's whiskey, technically. I like it mixed yes. with sugar on ribs. Oh, so you, by the time you've got it, it's not even Jack. It's burned off by right, the time right. you eat it. So I think just the idea of drinking Jack makes me blah. Yeah, and I pretty much drink straight Jack. Okay. So you would hate what I drank. So it was fun. So did you have like a bunch of fried egg sandwiches the next day or did you take no. it easy? I made traditional. So black people, we like to have black eyed peas and, and collard greens for good luck on January 1st. So I actually got up and cooked and I made black eyed peas. I made red beans and rice because I just was having a bean festival, I guess, over here. And then collard greens and I made some salmon and cornbread. And that that was, it was a good absorbent meal. Good. And I was good. Okay. So what were the rest of your holidays like? Um, Because I really haven't seen you. I saw you at our, um, at our final stand-up performance on the 15th. And we're going to talk about that in an upcoming podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we hung out a little bit, a couple days after that at an open mic, but I haven't seen you since the holidays. I would, um, I guess I would ask you if I look fatter, but I'm, I'm not going to ask you questions <laughs> where I do not want to know the answer. No, what did I say when you came in? You look thin. You look thinner, but I think it's just a flattering sweater. And I'm also wearing like a giant fur collar. So what, what else did you guys do? What did you guys do for Christmas? You told me, but I forgot. So Christmas, we usually go to my friend Lori's house, Lori's okay. mom. Lori lives in New York, but her mother always throws a shindig here. And what's really funny about it. I was trying to get my dad to come with us because my father Aww. tends to like to hibernate for Christmas. Yeah. And 
I called and, and he said, well, I don't know if you want the old guy hanging out with you at Christmas. And the joke, Aww. but the joke is that we were the young people at Christmas because <laughs> uh, I said, dad, don't worry about that because all of Lori's mom's friends are up there. And not only are they up there, but they are, they behave more uh, advanced in their age than my father does. So we got to Lori's mom's house. I behave more advanced in my age than your father <laughs> yeah. does with my trip to the battery store and gossiping with my grocery store cashier yesterday. Okay, fair point. But, yeah, my dad's a little youthful, but it was hilarious as we got there and one guy's got a walker and, and, mm. and my dad's like, yeah, I'm the youngest guy up in here. So <laughs> it was fun though. Lori's mom caters dinner and it's very casual and we just sit there and talk. And Lee got into a really nice political conversation about local level politics and, and how... I'm, I'm glancing over at Lee to see if he's scowling. So by nice, do you mean he got into a fight? No, I mean, it was... Actually it was a nice talk? A healthy debate. And it was it was really informative for a younger person. Okay. Um, one of Lori's mom's friend's daughters was there and she's probably 23 and so she was trying to understand the chicago machine as far as the aldermen are concerned and what they do and why it's important to get involved write them a on check local level. there you go i fixed it exactly for you. see we should just tell her that yeah but yeah so it was good we had a fun christmas good. um i can't complain like our big our big new tradition now is to drink wine and watch like the terrible hallmark movies I mean, they're they're such a guilty pleasure because they're they're just ridiculous. Because I was reading up on them, and apparently everyone is doing this now. I think just because the world is hard, mm-hmm. and these movies are just nice. Um, like, there's a couple of kisses, and I read that the rule for Hallmark is unless you're a soldier coming back from war, no tongues. So if you're a veteran and you've been in the shit. You can kiss with tongue on that show, <laughs> but nobody else. Everybody's getting engaged, you know, after three days so at the wholesome. Christmas tree farm. It was darling and lovely, and it stars all these people who you know from shows like 15 years ago. Like, hey, isn't that, how do I know them? So it's, it, <laughs> it was just, it was lovely and fun, and there were so many cookies eaten. There was so much wine consumed, but now... I feel like I got all of my unhealthy living out of the way, and I am Team Salad. That's good. Well, uh, Team Salad's good. Those movies seem a little wholesome for my blood. Oh, yeah, Um, they're just... I I mean, here's the thing, Someone needs to be getting a blowjob for me to be excited about a movie. But they're so (laughs) ridiculous that they're funny. Like, there was one where you see all of these different establishing shots of New York, because this woman's like a high-powered New York businesswoman. So you see... um, you know, Rockefeller Center, you see the Empire State Building, and then they show a shot of the Michigan Avenue Bridge with all of the Chicago flags flying over it. Like, do these interns, have they never been anywhere who ever put this together? There's no continuity. No, there's, because they're like, this is New York, this is New York. Okay, this is Chicago, it's a city, it's close enough. Even though you can see the flags, and this is a landmark to anybody who's been here. All right. Okay. Sorry. But anyway, I so I, I was that. telling you I about your salad my salad challenge. I am challenging myself to eat 365 salads in 2018, and I haven't I haven't mentioned this on social media anywhere yet because there's a there's a real good chance I'm going to be bored like two weeks in. But I feel like this is an attainable goal. I feel like that's one good healthy change that I can make. So I've started taking pictures of my daily salad, which I have not shared because You're if I don't be share it, salad girl on Instagram. Is, oh, oh, yeah, like the, the laughing salad ladies uh, in all the ads. Yep. Well, my thing is, I figure if I make this commitment, that's one thing that's going to eat keep me from eating too many carbs and having too much sugar. It's a small difference, but I feel like it's a crucial one. And the other part of that is um, 
I am rewarding myself for every salad that I have. So for every time I have a salad or have a workout at the gym, I get $5. And I get this $5 out of my husband's wallet. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saving this in a big jar I in my closet. So um, so we'll see. We'll Wait, see. The only thing with the salads, you have to watch is the dressing. Right. So right. as long as you don't go crazy with dressing, this should be a very good... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like, like, like Fletch will, will make his leafs swim in ranch i mean it's just yeah. it is it is disgusting gross. um because he calls salads just a vehicle to eat ranch dressing, dressing. Right. um so i i yeah i'm 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 pretty judicious with it so now you can have a regular year yeah yeah so what are you going to do differently this year <laughs> i'm going to eat lots of french fries no that would not be different at all <laughs> um I, you know i i've made a decision that has nothing to do with food um but, so we can talk about that in an upcoming podcast. But food, food wise, I am just going to be a little more intuitive with my eating, and I'm okay. going to listen to my cravings. There's this whole thing called intuitive eating, yeah, which is where when you listen to your body, listen to what it's craving, and don't overeat. Yeah, that you should do well. But in the midst of this, I'm going to yeah, start my body's by- like a bad friend giving me <laughs> bad <laughs> advice. Oh, you should you go home with him. Hot fudge Sunday. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to kick it off though, by starting counting my macros and doing that. Just okay. So that's that smart. I, I jumpstarted with that. And then I'm going to shift to intuitive eating. Cause I know myself, yeah. I know that I'm going to get bored of counting macros probably a month. Okay. Three weeks. Yeah. Okay. I'll I think, what is it tomorrow. like January 18th? Isn't that like the big day that everyone like gives up in their new year's resolutions? They're like, yep. well, mm-hmm. it's always 2019. Yeah. There. Yeah. I mean, so I don't want to set myself up for failure. Right. I want to be successful, so I'm just going to cater to what I know right. my body's going to do. Well, here's the thing with me. When I lost all my weight before, it was a million little things. It wasn't one big thing. So if I do, uh, if I if I just am more conscious about the little things, then I think that I will I will see success again because I gained like 20 pounds from, from everything that I lost, and I don't like that. It makes me unhappy. Now I put my tank tom- top on at the gym, and I'm like, well, this is distressing because I had definition before and now I don't. Right. But I'm still going to wear the damn tank tops because I have gotten accustomed to being sleepless. I can't go back to sleeves. No, don't go it's back to too sleeves. too hot. And you know what? You were you were just gym powerhouse yeah. for so long. And it's hard to keep that up. I was yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah. It was difficult to be in that gym six days a week. I didn't have to drop off to where I am today, which is virtually nothing. No. But uh, I need to I need to get it back. No, I it just, it, it's, the gym is where I watch my garbage TV. That's the biggest motivator for me. So mm-hmm. I just have to, I have to remember that. So anyway, if you guys want to get healthier with us, we have created a special, we, Gina, this was, this was all <laughs> no, Gina, we. I got to be honest. Well, we've, but I'll say we, we've created a special group dedicated to our challenge so, so that we can support each other because we're not the only ones having this problem. We're not the only ones no. like crying about cookies right now. Gina, how do people find our group? Well, it's, it's really um, uh, a cryptic name. I say that every time. It's stories we tell in bars, fitness challenge. Ooh. And if you ask to be a member, I will confirm you. On Facebook. On Facebook. I'm sorry. Facebook, yes. And it's a fun group. It's becoming a really nice community of people. Yeah, I think so. I mean, because generally on social media, somebody's got to be a dick. So far, no one's been a dick. No one's been a dick. Because I will cut you. Just get on there and start talking shit about someone. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Talk shit about anybody and I'll cut you. Because I have that power because I'm the admin. (laughs) That's right, damn it. Um, Did I earn a ding for that? Anyway. Um, So. Well, you know what? 
I think we will give you a ding for that. We have a we have instituted a ding protocol that when one of us gets a little shirty, a little bit pretentious, we well we were gonna get a bell and then ring it when the other person did it so we could really like check each other. But we we've done it just saying ding for the last ten episodes or so, and yep. now it's just funny to us. So Jeannie, you get the first I did ding. Ding! I haven't had a ding in a while. So anyway, about this challenge, uh, you know, it was difficult to formalize it because right. everyone has such different protocols right. when it comes to dieting. I'm doing intermittent fasting, which means that Jen likes this term. I have a feeding window. I I I watched a, a documentary on Netflix about fasting, mm-hmm. and it all took place at like these weird clinics in Russia with the unhealthiest looking motherfuckers on the face of the earth. <laughs> I think those were not the best people to interview. Probably not, but it's, you know what, it's, it's a good protocol. It works for a lot of people. IF is what they call it. So I, I posted a video about it um, that was done by our fitness expert mm-hmm. who was helping us out with this, Christine of Gage Girl Training. And um, she is going to be popping in and giving advice. And I post her videos because she has a really great YouTube channel, which is how I actually found her. She's a food scientist. So she's actually uh, an expert as opposed to an IG model, you know, whatever that means. I really don't know what that means. People say, I'm an Instagram model. That just means you. That just means you take pictures of yourself, asshole. Exactly. That means you have a ring light. Congratulations. Right. I I never, I mean, I see IG model because that a thing. Because I don't think you get paid to do that. But anyway, I digress. So that's Christine's helping us out. We're doing this challenge um is starting on monday officially okay which is i'm sorry monday is january 8th okay and i think we're going to end it on the ides of march because that's such an ominous day yeah and so you know we're i'm posting i'll have a caesar salad that day you should (laughs) have a caesar a2 jen no we are um going to be uh using the honor system with percentages but we're also going to be doing before and after shots oh i like that yeah i think that's so smart before and after shots where you can hold up you know the date the first date and the last date hold up a newspaper or something so we can see and then christine's going to be helping us evaluate the picture's at the end. Nice. And we're going to have a first, second, and third prize winner. Jen and I will tell you at some future date what the prizes are going to be. When we figure it out. When we figure it out. Okay. <laughs> now, okay, what about people who don't want to be all diet all the time? They just like us. Hey, then come to our Facebook page, Stories We Tell in Bars. If you don't want to hear anything at all about our fitness, go right there because we will not be talking about it on that page. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Now, Gina, since you didn't lose your goddamn mind over the holidays... <laughs> I, I think it's on you to give the toast today. Tell us what you're drinking and who you're drinking to. I'm having water because obese. <laughs> I'm also having water because I have a sugar addiction and I really want a ginger brew. And uh, Oh, that sounds nice. It's really tasty, but sugar, so I can't do it. So anyway, today I will toast to all of us being prosperous and successful in 2018. I like that. Yes. I like that. Chin chin. Now... That is cheers in Italian. And it's kind it it's the kind of segue that you can expect in 2018 because our topic today is tracing our genetic roots, Woo-hoo. and I happen to be half Italian. Uh-huh. That is some quality segue right there. And mm-hmm. we'll get more into that during the binge portion of our show right after the quick break. My co-host Jen Lancaster, and this is the Stories We Tell in Bars podcast. Happy New Year! 
We are welcoming you back to the binge portion of our show where we're going to talk about ancestry tracing services like Ancestry.com and 23andMe. And I'm so into this because I have been researching my roots. Yeah? Yep, and it turns out that I'm not alone. Did you know that genealogy is the second most popular hobby in the U.S. after gardening? It probably took the place of scrapbooking. Remember how that Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, now you're scrapbooking about your life. That Really, Absolutely. that's surprising. Yeah, because according to ABC News, Ancestry sites are the second most visited category of websites after pornography. Um, I don't know <laughs> how to respond to that. Maybe maybe the solution is pornography starring your family. Oh, like, gross. I, oh, my God. Oh, I just disturbed myself. I, okay, congratulations, or like try harder perverts the nerds are gaining on you i don't know what to say <laughs> listen i'm glad the ancestor sites are so popular because the data they collect can be used for the greater good in what way well i just read an article in the mit tech review that 23andme is going to be doing a massive study on diet weight loss and genetics and they're looking to draw a line between health and heredity which is fascinating i mean they're hoping to prove or disprove it's if it's genetically easier for some groups to maintain a lower weight and they're already kind of doing it because I get these little uh, invitations all the time. I've mm -hmm. been on 23andMe for a couple of years now. Yeah. So I was like an early adopter. Uh. And before that, I was doing Ancestry.com. Yeah. I had a cousin who worked for the Smithsonian, so she kind of got Neat. me into it. Yeah, she's really cool. Uh, but they uh, give you all kinds of predictors based on your DNA, and it's already there. Uh, they, predicted, they predicted that I was more likely to have wet earwax. <laughs> Is that disgusting? Do you? Yeah. Because I, mean, I, I don't know you that intimately, so I have not yeah. been, that is not, I have not been there. And Lee's looking I at don't. me like, you do? Yeah. I mean, Lee didn't know. Lee didn't know. Well, it's, Interesting. Not, it's not really designed for him to know, right? Like, so you don't want to right. be seeing right. people. But yeah, I mean, they, they can get down to that. That's really cool. So now, that's very cool. in terms of heredity, like the people who, it's easier to, to lose weight, I I. I know what group I'm in, but for Gina, for people who don't 100% know what 23andMe is, can can you explain it? Sure. 23andMe is actually the engine on which Ancestry.com runs from a from a data collection. Um, Are they affiliated? Not. I think they use the same sort of lab or oh, whatever. Okay. So if you if you're thinking of doing Ancestry.com and 23andMe, your results will be redundant because okay. it's going to be the same. But to back up even further, 23andMe is a service by which you send in your DNA in the form of saliva. Okay. So you spit in this little cup, mail it in, and they analyze it. And they come back with a breakdown of your genetic heritage, you know, where your family's from, and, and that can go back as you could be, you know, Ashkenazi Jew. Yeah. <laughs> you could be Sub-Saharan African. They can even trace it back to the various countries um, within Africa that you're from. Mm -hmm. And this is actually very meaningful for black people because, yeah. it, you know, most of us have never been able to trace back to right. specific countries, only a continent. So that's yeah. what's so exciting. Um, well, I mean, that's like saying you're from Africa is like saying you're from the United States. If you're from Maine, you have lived a very different existence than if you're from Southern California. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. It's, it's an entirely different world. But it just, but unlike the U.S., so if you go to Africa, right, and the mm -hmm. U.S. is expansive, I'm not sure they'd even be Isn't able Africa to. Isn't Africa like two or three times as big? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, it's huge. Um, so each individual country in Africa there's DNA traceable back to that specific wow. area. So unlike being in the U.S., if you're from Maine, there's no way, oh, your people are from Maine because in Maine they grew horns or whatever it is. Right, they did. Right. You know, there's, there's none of that. Like, you're just from the U.S. 
Right. But but no one's really just from the U.S. Well, I think we're, Native we're Americans not, would beg to differ. We're not that old. <laughs> Our country's not that old. Yeah. Everybody migrated from somewhere. So maybe in about 200 years, yeah. they'll say you're predominantly American. Interesting. But maybe not not right now. So, Interesting. Uh, yeah. So uh, what 23andMe is doing is groundbreaking. So yeah. according to Antonio Regalata, the article's author, the company will be contacting about 1.3 million customers to take part in a project that will link genetics and dietary successes. So I think that I got an email relatively okay. recently about that and to take a quiz or, or whatever. Yeah. So, so you're participating. I'm, I think, yeah, I believe okay. I'm going to participate. We'll see. How's the study going to work? I mean, how will they work it? Well, they're going to break the study into three groups. One's going to avoid carbs like bread and cake. Christmas cookies. Christmas cookies. (laughs) And another group is just going to go high fiber, lower animal fat. Uh, And a third is going to eat as usual and just add some workouts. That is is really interesting. Um, Now, when when I was in Italy, um, the the culture that just invented pasta, basically – I, I really marveled at how fit everyone there was. Yet when I look at my family of Italian-Americans, I mean, honest to God, everybody, this myself included, they're all like meatballs standing on toothpicks. I mean, like, nobody is thin. I, so I wonder if they're going to if they're gonna break this down not only by Italians, by, like, Italians and Italian-Americans, because our diets are very, very different. Our lifestyles are very different. You know, I guess we're going to find out. Um, as far as the, when you think about the Italians versus the Italians here, right? We, the pasta, the lifestyles yeah. are also very different. We don't exercise nearly as much. Well, the thing that I thought was so interesting there is you can't find a gym in Rome. You can't find one, but everyone's walking everywhere. Everyone mm-hmm. is eating smaller portions. Yeah. They're enjoying their lives. They're not, you know, working a 12-hour shift to come home and eat a lean cuisine and then feel bad about themselves and eat a pint of Haagen-Dazs while they watch TV and then go back to their shitty job the next day. They They don't do that. that. They're eating real food, but real good food in in a much smaller portion of it. And that has to be more satisfying. It has to be. You know? I'm going to give that a whirl. (laughs) But um, I guarantee that someone will not be happy with their genetic results. <laughs> oh, you and think? I, I already know people who aren't happy with their 23andMe results. Yeah, there's a story here. gravely surprised. There's, so tell us the story, Gina. So, well, first of all, um, one of the funniest stories is that, okay, let me back up. You will find out who you're related to. 23andMe creates a network. They create mm-hmm. a community. And so once your results are in, you are connected to lots of people who could be potentially relatives of yours. They can request that you share DNA so that you can compare. People that are big into genealogy Mm -hmm. and historians really love to do that. I have a lot of requests sitting there right now for people who are like, you know, so far removed. I'm like, no, thank you, dude. I'm not going to be. But I did find out that Lee is my fifth cousin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which totally grossed me out for a minute. But then I realized that it, we, we, we compared our DNA. Uh, there's only like two like markers in common. R- related by how? Because your extended families are also Chicago? I mean, is that... Well, we don't know. And what's interesting about it is we think that it could be on his mom's side. Oh, that's interesting. It's interesting because I came up a good percentage British heritage. Right. 
Lee's mom is British. Right. So it could be on either side of the family. Interesting. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's very weird. But, you know, fifth cousin, not a big deal. Right. We're not planning to have kids, but if we did, they'd be normal. Right. And I probably have more DNA in common with a hot dog than I do with Lee. I mean, Ew. just because, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, really, because it's, it's really not that much um, yeah. DNA. But still, I was on 23andMe and got a notification that I had a first cousin. Oh, that's... You know all your first cousins. Well, yeah, I thought I did. So <laughs> I have a lot of natural first cousins who I know. My mom is the youngest of 11. My yeah. dad's the oldest of eight. So the first thing I thought was, oh, it's one of my cousins that I already you yeah. know, know, has done a test, and yay, we can connect. And, and then I, what they do is they don't reveal names. Okay. They say, you have a first cousin, and her initials, if it were you, are JL. Mm-hmm. Is what they would say. Yeah. And so you say, okay, JL, um, I'm GB. Uh, can we connect? And then that's when all of the info, once you both agree to okay. connect, that's okay. when the info gets shared, right? Because it's very private. Yeah. Yeah. So they were initials that I didn't recognize. I'm like, we don't have anyone in our family with that last initial on yeah. either side. So I wrote to this person and I said, hey, um, does my name look familiar to you? Because I don't have any familiarity with your last name right. or whatever. And so she wrote back, she gave me her name. Her name was totally unfamiliar to me. Uh-huh. Like not even like the the family name was totally off. Mm-hmm. And that turned out to be her married name. But then she gave me her maiden name and that was off too. And then she finally told me that she didn't know her dad. Okay. And that her mother had told her about her father, um, but she'd never seen him and and you know, whatever. So I went and did a little digging on, on the interwebs. Yeah. And... I saw a picture of her, and I was like, oh, lo and behold, she's she's Caucasian. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's interesting. So, you know, I'm like, Lee, look at this, you know. And so then the next day, I'm like, um, let me ask you a kind of weird question. <laughs> Did you know you were black? And I'm like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> we're coming over. Um, so... <laughs> So, you know. So you made Lee laugh, and that's hard. That is hard. Lee does not often think I'm funny. Um, So I gave her that little Christmas gift, and uh, she wrote back, and it was kind of weird, because she said, I am told that my dad was black. And so my thing is, I don't know if you know how how genetics works, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I've got a black father. I also have a black mother, but I'm, I'm, you know, that would make me at least 50% black, right? Right, right. Pretty much. Um, so it was odd the way she sort of phrased that. And so I said, well, do you know your dad's name? Now, here's the other thing. My father is the oldest of five, well, five brothers, and he has three sisters. But of those five brothers, one of them was a rolling stone. Like, he was (laughs) big in the military, stationed all kinds of places. He was also a mayor in, in Louisiana. Oh, cool. My uncle was getting it in like all the way in yeah. and probably had family. We are still finding cousins and his kids <laughs> and I joke about it. Like we were at a family reunion once and we were in the middle of a park and every time we saw somebody, we didn't know, like, is that one of your kids? And so he was just, ah, oh, very funny. That's really <laughs> hilarious. And, um, but he's long since passed away. Uh-huh. So I was thinking, oh, it's gotta be that particular uncle's kids. Well, she gave me the name. no, wasn't him. It was my father's brother who I would never have suspected would have had a floater child anywhere. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It was is he still alive? He is still alive. Does he know? Well, he has some issues with um, dementia. Oh. So I couldn't even ask him. Are you sure it's not just an act? 
It's been I'm going just, on for I'm years. just going to make this suggest. Well, maybe he knew this was coming. Like, <laughs> wait, there's a genetic tracing. Fuck. I know. Shit, I'm going to go dark. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pardon the pun. So, <laughs> so yeah. So I, I asked the name. She said, let me ask my mom, which to me means that you were really looking. Like, right. had I known, if, if I had... People do these services because they want to find out they're related to George Washington. Right. You know? Not because they want to find out they're related to Leroy Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Again, surprise! Um, I would ding so. that, but that was funny. That was awesome. So, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna even take away your previous ding because that you. was good. I'm, so I'm we are zero. ding free right I am now. Totally at zero. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, I asked her. I, you know, I was like, oh well, hi, you're my first cousin. She gave me the name. I know the name. Yeah. That is my uncle. And so, um, I said, well, if you, if you'd like to see some pictures or anything, you have a lot of cousins, which probably scared the shit out of her, right? Yeah. Because here she is. She's got a husband and a couple of kids. And um, she's like, uh-uh, we, we're not having the, you know, we like these, all of these relatives show up. See, and I so, think that would be really cool. Uh, it, yeah, I guess it would be depending on how you've been living your life. Well, look at, look at our friend Kathleen. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, because this is, this is like a really actually happy story, story cool. of somebody finding something out. Like our friend Kathleen, uh, my husband went to grade school with her and, you know, all through all through the grades. Um, we all lived in Chicago, so I got to meet her. She's become a good friend. And she and her husband tried forever to, to have a baby. They were like like seven years mm-hmm. of, of fertility treatments, which is just hell. And then they, on Christmas Eve, they were finally able to adopt this baby. And it was like, oh, Christmas miracle. It was like, like legit made me sob because th- this is all they wanted and they got their baby. Yep. And um, Kathleen was talking to her dad because her dad hadn't come up from Florida. And her mother passed away this is an important part of the story her mother passed away like oh like 12 15 years ago and they were they were just such a close family her her brother her sister they were all so close uh and and losing their mom was such it was it had such an impact on them so she was talking to her dad like you know dad are you are you gonna come up you gotta meet this baby and she said to him you know he's adopted but that doesn't mean he's not your grandkid that you can't love him that uh, you know and he just looked at her and put his hand on her shoulder and said i know kathleen because you're adopted so she's 45 years old at this time had oh, never had no idea she had been adopted and then the more she started to dig into this stuff she found her birth mom and her birth mom was like open to meeting her so now she has she has a great relationship with her birth mom she has birth sisters i mean she has all these like half sisters and her mom also <laughs> explained to Kathleen that she had she has a black father mm-hmm. so she was able to get in touch with him so right. now she has this whole new extended family that she didn't know about um and, and she didn't all, know she was black no she didn't know she was she black no idea. if you asked flesh he would have told you because he's like she didn't look like any of her other siblings well she doesn't he look- told her she was looking a little different but she yeah. wasn't it wasn't i guess who's coming to dinner kind of deal yeah where she's, and, and you know that flesh <laughs> lives for the moment like no one listens to me but like but you weren't saying that kathleen had a black dad right. 35 years ago so don't exactly. don't don't do that but I don't think the stories usually end so happy like that. No. I, um, I don't think they how, end well. How often do you think they end well? I don't think very often. Now, if you if you, um, <laughs> if you you listen to Dr. Laura. Which I do not. Well, <laughs> if you did, you would know that she hates these tests. Like, 
She hates them more than Shaq up honeys, and that is a lot of hate. But people are starting to find out that they're not who they think they are, like your cousin. And um, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, I want to do this testing so I can figure out what I'm genetically predisposed to. But Dr. Laura makes the point that with medical science, that's really not necessary. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, listen, I think that medical science is very instrumental in learning a lot about yourself. Right. Irrespective of, you know, what nationality you end up yeah. turning out to be, you know, whether you, you know, it's like, oh, look at that, I'm Asian. You know, I mean, yeah. like, I think that there, there are things that we can learn about ourselves. Like, the D, there's a DNA fit service that um, is also very cool. So, you know, I think that you, you are kind of predisposed to certain things. So yeah. Dr. Laura, I don't know what she's talking about all the time. Whore. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So anyway, we'll be back to break this down in the last call portion of our show. Welcome back to Stories We Tell in Bars with me, Jen Lancaster, and my not domestic partner, Gina B. (laughs) We're going to finish up by talking about the unwanted results of DNA testing, because you know that I have experience with this. Oh, that's right. I vaguely recall you deciding that you were related to Jack the Ripper after you got your DNA. (laughs) Wouldn't that explain so much? My God, that would explain so much. Okay, so a few years ago... um, after after a really, really horrible trip to Italy, I decided to cash in my airline miles and go to London because I needed to wash the stink of this horrible trip off of me. Mm-hmm. So Fletch and I went to London and we loved everything about it. It was, it just, it felt like coming home because my whole life I have been told that I am half Italian and half English. Um... Yeah, it turns out that is a lie. All of that is a lie because I got the DNA test. Um, Well, first of all, there's the 20% part of me that's Jewish. That was a surprise. And then the other 30% is Irish. So you both are so much more British than I am. So I started looking into this because there was always rumors that my father was adopted, but we weren't allowed to ask about it or talk about it because that's how things went in my house because I, I don't know why that was shameful. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. So I started to trace things and my whole life I was told that my great grandfather was, um, Walter Harold Lancaster and he had been an Earl, but he left his title because he married a commoner because he was a sea captain. I'm like, wow, this is so romantic. Um, so I started really researching it on ancestry. Okay. Um, Anybody who had any royal blood in them whatsoever, their shit has been written down for two centuries. Every single thing about them is traced. It's all royal lineage. This guy, nothing. (laughs) Nothing. And he also left England and went to go live in Canada. Who Who does People weren't doing that back then, and he was a sea captain. And all of the dates where he was in London and all of a sudden not London all line up with Jack the Ripper. So not only uh, do I know how to make a great brisket now, I mean, like genetically, (laughs) I also think that I have um, serial killer in me. And what makes me upset is I so identified with being British. I so identified with everything there. So it's, 
I, I, it brings up this whole nature versus nurture thing. And what's interesting is I was going to write a book about this. I sold this to um, to a publisher. And then they're like, well, we just want you to tell us bad stories about your, your, your mom and dad. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Nobody was abused. Nobody, like nothing bad happened. They're just... We don't see eye to eye. That's that's not a good book. That's a that's drinks with a friend. Right. You know, exactly. like I'm not I'm not going to do that, and, and I'm also not going to give my mother that kind of attention because oh my god, would she go crazy oh, for it? She'd so love it. Yeah. And then she so, hit your door. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what's interesting to me is that we're starting to see the ethical concerns stemming from these search sites. Like they're going to go put they're going to put Mori Povich out of business probably. Well, how so? Who's the baby daddy? Well, according to an article on CNBC.com, these DNA kits are more popular than ever, especially now that Amazon is selling them. Okay, fact. I will buy anything on Amazon. I will buy... That's where I get my mayonnaise, because I get Duke's mayonnaise, which is the southern mayonnaise, which is the best mayonnaise. Um, You're welcome if you didn't know where to get it. I get my... best mayonnaise. Oh, yes, there is. Absolutely. Are you not a mayonnaise person? Oh, well, then... Well, maybe you should try Duke's because you've, ne- maybe. you've never had it. Or maybe just Duke's is not something that is interesting to you, like well, going to that? Cracker Barrel. You don't like <laughs> you don't you like about some- Cracker Barrel. Yeah. I told you about my theory. Well, tell tell I everyone. Do- <laughs> I don't go anywhere with the name Cracker in the title. Right. That's right. just a rule. So anyway, my point is I will buy anything <laughs> on Amazon because it makes it my life easier. Well, and that's why the business is going crazy. So according to a report from Credence Research, the direct-to-consumer genetic testing market, which doesn't include the family tree document searches, is expected to grow from about $70 million in 2015 to, you ready? Mm-hmm. $340 million in 2022. That is a lot of spitting tubes. That's a hell of a lot of saliva. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even going to get into the ethics of who actually owns that genetic material. Oh, like the right? whole Harriet Lacks thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's an entirely different conversation. So according to CNBC, so many people they've interviewed have been shocked to learn that they were donor-conceived. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that they were raised uh, by fathers who were not biological because their mothers used sperm banks. So that's just one of the many truths that can be revealed with genetic information, which is <laughs> kind of interesting to me because what you get your letter back is saying, congratulations, you were a test tube baby. Maybe? Like, is that what? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I do like that 23andMe tells customers up front that the information might, quote unquote, alter your worldview. Case in point, your cousin. Exactly. But you know what? Here's the thing. If she doesn't want to embrace the idea of you, then fuck her. It will. Exactly. You know? it's, it's Listen, I've lived this long without the knowledge of her. Yeah. She's lived this long without the knowledge of yeah. me. We're just going to both chalk it up to, huh, that's interesting and keep it moving. I don't have a single cousin I speak to. I, I mean, because I don't know them. Like most of them I haven't. I literally haven't been in the same room with them for 30 years. Yeah, not interested. Right. I'm, you know, for me... My friends are the family I have chosen. Exactly. You know? And you know what that means? That means nobody argues at Thanksgiving. That's right. We have great, beautiful Thanksgivings. Right? Um, Especially now that I don't have to do the dishes. I'm a tremendous fan of that. (laughs) So, okay. So what would you say our thesis statement is here? Maybe if it's don't ask a question if you don't want to know the answer. Okay. Now that was an excellent callback. To the opening shot segment. <laughs> Our comedy class is totally paying off. Yeah, Plus, I think that that is just a really good mantra to adopt in 2018. I totally agree. And with that, we are going to close. So, this has been Stories We Tell in Bars with Gina B and Jen Lancaster. Thank you, DJ Lee Farmer. Thank you, Lee. 
for mastering our mix. And so, of course, we're delighted to be broadcasting on Stitcher and Google Play and iTunes as well. And do us a favor. If you like what you hear, please do rate us on iTunes as that'll help other listeners find us. Be nice um, yeah. if you can. For more about Jen, visit her at jenlancaster.com. You can keep up with me at imginab.com. Email us, if you care to, at storiesweedtellinbars at gmail.com and participate in our challenge at Stories We Tell in Bars Fitness Challenge on Facebook. Okay, so this, at the end of the show, we always tally up our dings. You got one, but but then you redeemed it. So we are ding-free in 2018. No ding-dings. Outstanding for us. Now, (laughs) you don't have to go home. But you got to get the hell out of here. (laughs) 